It could happen to you. Isn't that one of the commercials that you've heard? Not just on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, but across the Virginia talk radio network and frankly in plenty of other areas. It's one of those commercials that's used to promote what could happen if something goes wrong. Oftentimes insurance or warranty or anything along those lines. And we're not quite at that point, but Michigan State would like a warranty uh, and to turn it in, and maybe they found a loophole that brings up a local angle. They, I don't know if they found a loophole, as in more Mel Tucker's uh, not, did not make a really good move or a really wise move. So if you're unfamiliar, let's, let's bring hope. you up to speed on this. Uh, Mel Tucker, um, how do we say this? Mich- Michigan State, and maybe even Mel Tucker in particular. Maybe he got with, fired for cause. I, you want me to explain for, it? Go ahead. Give okay. it your best shot. Give it the old college try since you're just I out. mean, I'll just be blunt. He he got fired for cause because it is alleged, which he confirmed doing, just not whether there was consent given or not, that he had he performed an act. I think that's an appropriate way. On himself. On himself while on the phone with a vendor who came to speak to the team that is a uh, you know, talks about sexual sexual assault because she was sexually assaulted by four football players when she was in college. So that and she is alleging it was not consensual, while he's alleging it was consensual. All this time he's also still married. So Michigan State is arguing since it's an outside vendor, like you can't do that. It's a vendor the school hired. Like you can't do that. So that's one room for call other than the ethical part of this. Like yeah, it's all bad. How did I do? I thought you did pretty well, Trey, to explain that situation of Michigan State formerly firing Mel Tucker. And by the way, shout out to our guy, Brett McMurphy of Action Network, uh, who joined us uh, a couple of months ago to talk local sports. But he was the one who had the scoop on this uh, merely being a formality and the decision was made back in the early portion of September. Let's September put it this 10. way. All he needed to do was use the internet and he, pr- he could have gotten the buyout. Um. Yes. So anyway, here's the deal. I'm just saying I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. Okay. So, so Mel Tucker did that. And, you know, I mean, first of all, what he does with it, he, how he and his wife handle their relationship, uh, you know, from a, what they choose to do and what they choose to allow, that's their business. Uh, I'll quote Jeff Perlman uh, or paraphrase him, the author of the book, Boys Will Be Boys, on the Dallas Cowboys of the mid-90s. And he was asking some of the players' wives during that time uh, if they knew their husbands were cheating on them. And the wives basically said, yeah, I guess we all kind of knew, but we accepted it as a trade-off for the lifestyle. That type of stuff does take place in the world of sports. Again, I, I don't know if that had anything to do with Hugh Freeze and, and his wife Jill sticking around or whether you know there's genuine sorrow and she accepts that for his mistakes. That's for them to decide, and, and much like it is in the Mel Tucker Michigan State case. But the other part, there are multiple parts. Short story here. The other part is, um, I mean, how dumb do you have to be? You're doing this with the Title IX speaker who is brought in to speak about sexual assault. I mean, really, if you're going to do this, there are a lot of other women out there. Heck, you could call Hugh Freeze and maybe he'll be able to hook you up with an escort service number. I don't know if he still knows it, if he has it, if he had it memorized, or if the phone is gone by now. Someone out there knows it because they filed the FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, request. And so they probably actually have the numbers to the escort service if they even still exist right now. Actually, the number's probably been reassigned, and I can only imagine what that person who's been reassigned that number has to deal with from spam calls. You think it's bad with your phone? and mine's bad try being that individual but then there's the other part to this and that's the it could happen to you part 
Now, I don't think Virginia Tech and Virginia operate in as cutthroat of a manner as Michigan State has done, nor do they operate in that same type of manner that many Southeastern Conference programs choose to operate. But it's worth bringing this up because it's the type of thing that will pop up in college sports tray over a period of time. The local angle is if you're upset at your coach at Virginia or Virginia Tech, and I have no knowledge that there's anything immoral about the way Tony Elliott at Virginia and Brent Pry at Virginia Tech carry themselves. But from what I know, and there's a limited amount of information, probably more about Elliott at Virginia than Pry at Virginia Tech, but they're classy individuals. The results just aren't there right now, and fans are frustrated, and justifiably so when you expect your coaches to deliver wins and losses. And I think you're using a harder example. Like I, I, You're basically trying to argue a way of, like, can Tech or UVA, if it keeps going bad, get out of the bio? No, no, no. Would they go this type of route if there I was think, something... Hold I, on, hold on a second. Would they go this route if there was something that's inappropriate happening yeah. with their particular coach? Would because they fire him if they, there's something happening? Okay. Because, because here's the thought to this. Mel Tucker has an $80 million buyout at a place that just signed him. That, by the way... I don't think Tech and Michigan State are delusional enough to sign a coach to a 10-year, $90 million contract after one good season where it wasn't even really his players. Actually, it was one player he brought in from the transfer portal, Kenneth Walker, the running back from Wake Forest who's now with the Seattle Seahawks, that basically elevated the entire team. Who who can keep carrying my fantasy team this year. For all the flaws that you might have towards Whit Babcock at Virginia Tech as an athletic director and Carla Williams at Virginia, and that's a topic for another day, but I think it's reasonable to say that, you know, they've... They haven't been disastrous, but there are reasons to question what's going on. I don't think they're that delusional that they would do what Michigan State did, which is give that ridiculous contract to the coach. So they're not going to find themselves in this spot where then all of a sudden they're looking around for information at a guy like Mel Tucker to find a way to get rid of the particular coach. And that's the first takeaway to this. The other part to this also is, is that would you do this? Because... If you're a program that is more of a win-at-all-costs, ethics, standards of excellence, morals be darned, then I can absolutely see this trend continuing where things that may not be major, if you're a winning, proven football coach, you may not be the man of great character, but if you win football games, they will overlook a lot of your concerns and issues as a fan base and as a program in the name of winning. And again, Baylor, I mean, everyone references Ian McCall, but it was Art Briles much more than Ian McCall, but it took them a long time to get rid of Art Briles at Baylor for all the things that popped up during that particular time. And there are people that still resent that decision, probably more so now because Baylor has regressed mightily from a couple of years ago with Dave Aranda now having had a couple of years under his belt there in Waco. But it's one of those type of places. Michigan State fits that. Plenty of programs and football-crazed environments would do that, Trey, where they would look to something that is maybe not the most egregious moral error, but it's a moral judgment decision that's a problem. And if you do that, just remember, if you're winning and winning at a high level, they'll allow a lot more of that to go. But if you're not, they'll look for that as an excuse to get out of a contract without having to pay an egregious buyout because that's the other side a big guaranteed high money contracts in sports. So, I'm going to break break this thing down in two parts. I'm first part will be about Michigan State and 
why I think this is a very unique circumstance with Mel Tucker. And two is, I think I have a better example of what we could compare this to compare if this situation happened to. So situation one, I think it didn't matter what Mel Tucker's record was. He could have been like a two-time defending national champion. I think Michigan State would have fired him no matter what because of Larry Nasser. They had to. Like, they had no choice given what happened with the Larry Nasser situation and everything that led up to that. Like, you know, at the end of the day, the president of the university, the athletic director, like to keep their jobs more than the head coach so that they would obviously. So I think there, like, he was getting fired no matter what, in my opinion, because of anything that deals with sexual assault at Michigan State is going to be dealt with the utmost like carefulness and and what you know x y and z because of the larry nasser situation and if you don't know what the larry nasser situation is he basically was the doctor he, for michigan was, state on, I'll, I'll keep it simple he was the jerry sandusky of michigan state gymnastics yeah. yes and u.s gymnastics to some degree so <laughs> so there ed you are missing the wrong example have you had mcdonald's lately or oh, chick-fil-a you know, you know me trey fast food all the time by the I, way, you should have just inserted a couple of, quote, random fast food restaurants. By the way, if they'd like to sponsor us in the fast lane, we'd be more than happy to do that. Well, I'm just saying. Trey I, is a loyal customer, I, I think. Thanks, man. That's just, okay. Um, you're muted for today. Uh, um, the, the listeners, by the way, could probably still hear me even with it muted, just instantly. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Uh, there is a situation that's closer to the state of Virginia. Uh, and ironically, it did work out for Tennessee. Where Jeremy Pruitt got caught cheating, which everyone in college football che- cheated. This was pre-NIL. And, you know, the money bags and the McDonald's bags, which actually was not true. I think it was Chick-fil-A bags, it turned out to be. Um, but Cheating by breaking NCAA rules, not yes. by cheating on your wife. And I think we probably have to clarify that here. Yes. I think that is more likely to be a reason why the teams try to get out of buyouts than the other reason. If that makes, because I, it it's, it's hard for me to see the other reason happening. Well, I'll pause for five seconds and break because that's such a unique search, like thing that happened, sick thing that happened, but and the university looking for reasons to fire coaches on grounds of for cause moral, moral issues, shall we say? Versus, I mean, the the you mentioned the Jeremy Pruitt reference, but the reason I didn't include that tray is. There's this thing called NIL and collectives now, and so schools can just skirt that particular rules. Why in the world would you have to do the McDonald's bags thing or whatever your fast food bag is, which Jeremy Pruitt did at Tennessee, when now you can just basically uh, have people in your staff direct how the money should be allocated by the collective to particular players. Anyway, it's a good point. Uh, so, you know, just it was kind of a thought that popped up about Michigan State getting rid of Mel Tucker could it happen on a local level? Sure. Uh, would things that you know may be questionable be allowed if you're succeeding, and if you're not succeeding, not be tolerated? Absolutely. I think that part is pretty egregiously, a pretty extremely obvious um, that egregious behavior. Um, you know, if it's so bad, Baylor, so bad, Penn State with Paterno and Sandusky that you just flat out have to make the coaching change fine. But you're going to cling to a successful coach much more than you are a coach that's not performing. And in fact, for a non-performing coach, you're going to look for a way to get out 
of a bad situation. You're going to look to run from that particular problem. And if you're going to look to run this coming fall, yes, this is as ridiculously cheesy a segue as possible. And if it's in bad taste, please forgive me. But at InsaneRadioDeals.com, we do have ways to help you run to the best of your abilities. Because when you buy an entry to the Star City Half Marathon and 10K or... At Crosswide Athletic Club, individual, couple, or family membership at InsaneRadioDeals.com, you'll get, with either one of those purchases, a $50 gift card to Fleet Feet of Roanoke. And here's the cool thing. If you buy multiple entries to the race for you and a spouse or for you and family members, you'll get multiple gift cards. If you buy multiples, whether it's one entry to the Star City Half Marathon in 10K and a membership for Crosswide Athletic Club, individual, couple, or family, guess what? You'll get multiple $50 gift cards to Fleet Feet Roanoke. It's a cool deal. It's a cool setup. Thanks to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, there are other topics to address here in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. I still have no idea if the XFL-USFL merger means that spring football is actually going to survive. Um, by that point in the year, my focus has generally shifted to college sports of the spring variety, whether it's the tail end of college basketball season or certainly college softball, baseball, lacrosse, those type of sports. But the XFL and USFL officially announcing their intent to merge. Um, you know, I mean, call me cynical, if you will. But this to me is as much as anything says that it's really hard to make it at that particular level, which is why you find these type of moves more prevalent than they've ever been before. Number four. Trey, what is your level of disappointment at the news that happened yesterday? That, By the way, I give Portland credit for not acquiescing to what the player wanted, but instead doing what they deem to be in the best interest of their franchise. I don't know how big the DeAndre Ayton salary is really in the best interest of their particular franchise and how long they'll hold Drew Holiday. But three team trading the NBA. Damian Lillard does not go to your Miami Heat. He goes to Milwaukee. Portland acquires Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tamari Kamara, and a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first round draft pick. That's a long time off. Plus uh, some pick swaps as well. Meanwhile, Phoenix lands Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen. Yeah, that guy, the one from Duke. Plus Nasir Little, who had a cup of tea at North Carolina. And Keon Johnson as well, all going to Phoenix. Um, Trey? Should the Milwaukee Bucks now be deemed the unequivocal favorite even though they lose the defense of Drew Holiday because Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee? Yeah, they'll have the best pick and roll combo in the NBA. I am, yeah, uh, it, it just... Heartbroken? A little bit, because Dame's my favorite player uh, that is not in a Miami Heat uniform, and I uh, just, yeah. It seemed like the Heat never had a shot at him given that Portland just decided they didn't want to, you know, engage with the Miami Heat. Uh, credit, I I mean, it's a, it's a big swing once again. I think this, you know, this is a move by you know what was the talk? Giannis was kind of like, hey, I might not might not be here, and this was that kind of move. Um, it'll be ironic given that Miami could land Drew Holiday, uh, which he fits with what they need is a you know a, a really good guard that can you know point guard that can defend well. Uh, so I, I you know I, yeah, the Bucks are the favorite. They were the like. I would have said if they didn't make this move just because they have made, like, 
the one or two best basketball player on the planet in Giannis that uh, you know um, that they're they're the favorites in the East. You said one or two. Is it Giannis and Nikola Jokic? Yeah. Okay. So like, I, I think it, that's reasonable. Yeah, those are the top two. Uh, I'm saying like they would be like Monday. You know they made this move what yesterday? So Wednesday, uh, or or not Wednesday, Tuesday they were still the they were the favorites in the East, and then Wednesday they're the favorite. You know. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't change their uh, Eastern Conference Final or NCW in the NBA Championship outlook. Yeah. For the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, it solidifies them as a favorite and maybe makes them more of a favorite, but it doesn't mean that they yeah. bought from they probably dark need, horse to favorite. They they definitely needed to make a change and not run it back. Um, I thought Chris Middleton would have been the one, but uh, you know, I I like this move to get you know, Damian Lillard and Giannis could fit so well together. I think um, we'll see how they are defensively. They do get worse there, but I think overall, it's gonna be a really good dynamic and a really good. I'm, I it's gonna be a fun pick and roll combo with Giannis and and Dame. You know me also. I have a soft spot for franchises like the Spurs, like the Milwaukee Bucks, smaller market teams if they're able to actually accrue winning pieces. And this is clearly one of those with Damian Lillard going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Number three. Cole Beck, who I had the privilege of seeing, even though it was like 30 degrees, the worst win you could imaginable, can imagine, and it was outside when he was with Blacksburg High School and they were playing Jefferson Forest. Uh, Cole Beck will not compete in the Pan Am Games as a sprinter. Instead, he is focusing his efforts right now on his final season of eligibility for Virginia Tech Hokies football. I love the move. I think it does speak positively to the culture of Brent Pry, even though they're losing ball games, that they still have buy-in and they have guys that are willing to make these type of team-oriented decisions because you're at that point of the year now where you're four games in and you have players that may say, eh, I'm out of here. I want nothing more to do with this. So I think it is an endorsement in that sense. Does it make a big difference in the win-loss record? Probably not, but it's something that at least makes some level of difference for Virginia Tech's culture. And it's hard to quantify that, but certainly there's value for that as we'll discuss with Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com around 545 today in the fast lane. Number two. Kyle Busch Motorsports announcing that they have sold KBM and Rowdy Manufacturing to the suddenly burgeoning operation of Spire Motorsports. Included in the sale are assets from Bush's truck series team, assets from the manufacturing chassis building operation and machine shop. And here's an interesting nugget that I would like to say we quoted before the athletic.com's Jeff Gluck. Steven Stump of FrenchStretch.com said this today. Not a single team that entered the truck series, which is NASCAR's version of AA. AAA is the nationwide Xfinity Bush series. And of course, the majors are the cup. Not a single team that entered the truck series inaugural season in 1995 at Phoenix is still in existence in its current form today. A number of those teams have been sold and rebranded, but no team now is in its original form, which is a very interesting statistic and speaks to the level of turnover that there is in NASCAR. Speaking of turnover, but not teams, instead scheduling. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. The 40th running of the NASCAR All-Star Series race will once again take place at North Wilkesboro Speedway, same weekend. This time it'll be May 17th through 19th, 2024, as part of a three-day motorsports entertainment weekend. It will feature a Cars Tour race, a Truck Series race, and the most underrated event in NASCAR, the Pit Crew Challenge. Uh, My only qualm with this is, is not even the car on the track. 
it's got nostalgia. I'm glad NASCAR is going back for this weekend. Uh, it, it may be the only time they go to North Wilkesboro, and I wish they would go back another time. But the fact that it's on the schedule in some capacity, even if it's not a points-paying race, it still is an important race to a lot of NASCAR fans. I think it's awesome, and it gives you a chance to really bask in the nostalgia without it being a points pace points paying weekend and that level of intensity and pressure um i wish there was an xfinity series race because xfinity racing i think right now is the best quality racing when it comes to nascar and for that not to be at north wilkesboro once again to me is still a missed opportunity and one other scheduling nugget by the way in the fast five at five ish nascar according to bob pockris and now frenchstretch.com as well joining the foxsports.com reporter bob pockris the reports are out now that the Indianapolis Motor Speedway date will not be on the road course. It will be at the traditional Brickyard, which, unlike you, Trey, I actually understand why they made that shift because the prior car did not race well on that traditional Brickyard surface, whereas road courses were very good at racing. And I would love for them to go on to Indy Race Park, the short track next door, but that was never going to happen because of the venue Brickyard. So I get that. Uh, but the times have changed the car has changed and as we've seen the car doesn't race nearly as well on road courses as it does on something of a more traditional oval setup it's why a lot of people think the charlotte roval race that's coming up next weekend next year that will be a more traditional charlotte date and it's why this move was a smart move moving the indianapolis race date back from the road course to the traditional brickyard surface. Yeah, I always thought they should stay here. If they're going to characterize it as a uh, crown jewel race, then it should have been, it should have never changed. The crown jewel's back. There's four crown jewels next year. You know, I, I just think, I think it's good for the sport as a whole. You wish they had have never changed it. I explained why I disagree. Feel free to share your thoughts. Fast Lane, Ed Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts. And there is your Fast Five at five -ish. But when we return to the Fast Lane, after I break up an inevitable dispute between Brian Nolan of FrenchStretch.com. We got along this week. I just want to mention with, uh, you haven't listened to it yet, but with the, the Bringing the Heat, you know, podcast. I have not. It is lined up for me to listen to tomorrow in my pre-10-miler workout light run a little light lift and then some yoga to get ready for that so i'll listen to it around that time in the meantime we will chat with the aforementioned brian nolan of frenchstretch.com some nascar talk now then virginia tech football talk with chris coleman of techsideline.com around 5:45. all still to come here in the fast lane and by the way keep chiming in fast lane ed lane facebook twitter instagram